since the dawn of time, many of the world's best thinkers have tried to understand Wikipedia. Leonardo da Vinci, Socrates, Einstein. But all have failed until now. Two great warriors have stepped forward. I am Ben Graw the Mighty. And I am Garth Remington the Kingslayer. They aren't thinkers, they're doers. And they're going to review every single page on Wikipedia. That task is impossible. And remember, if you listen to this podcast, then hot girls will want to hook up with you. We totally will. This is the Wiki Review. you I can just say any random redneck shit and just ends up being true (laughs) so far yes (laughs) no I'm Garth you're not Garth at all yeah yeah get your bibles out people you can read along Hello and welcome to Wiki Review. I'm Ben Graw. I'm Garth Remington. And there is an old proverb that says that if you listen to a review, it is far more entertaining than the actual source material, but has way less information. And that interests us, so that's why we want to do the Wikipedia page for proverb. A wise man once said, dot dot dot. <laughs> that's what we're talking about today, proverbs. And I'd like to start by saying I'm very pro-verb. I know a lot of people out there are anti-verb, but I am for doing things. That doesn't sound like you at all. Well, not me personally. Like, if (laughs) someone else wants to do something, go nuts, right? The only reason you do this is because you can sit in a chair and talk. (laughs) (laughs) Can't wait till I'm famous enough to have a driver. That will be the last time I actually touch a steering wheel. It's really hard to say if having a podcast is doing something. Because we were kind of doing this and then you just press record. Yeah. That's the only difference is that you had to set some shit up. (laughs) Doing the Wikipedia page for proverb. And a proverb is basically a saying. Like, there's no real other way to say that. I think so. We just have to give some examples. You know what proverbs are. Here we go. A traditional saying that expresses truth based on common sense or experience. See, Wikipedia can describe it. We can't, but they can. Yeah, that's why we're checking out Wikipedia, (laughs) I guess. I like that they say common sense or experience because, like, common sense dictates that this is how life should work. I mean, if you think it through. But you may have experienced something completely different. That defies common sense. Exactly. I like the idea that a proverb is something that's completely inaccurate just because you had a weird life. Like, people would say a rolling stone gathers no moss but experience might have taught you that a rolling stone really hurts your foot (laughs) when it lands on it because it's got that inertia or maybe you've looked at Keith Richards and you've seen him growing moss (laughs) do they have any proverbs down here examples all right here's where we're going to spend most of our time (laughs) haste makes waste always good when it rhymes I've heard one that has a similar tone that also rhymes which is two ways you can fuck yourself procrastination and masturbation (laughs) (laughs) and if you're hasty at it you will make some waste Yeah, that's probably a cleaner way of saying that. That is a much cleaner. (laughs) What it means is take your time, guys. You know, like, respect yourself. It actually means the opposite of take your time. It says haste makes waste. So you need to hurry up. No, it's saying that if you go quickly, it'll make waste. Oh, wait, haste is going fast, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, I was thinking the opposite.
faster. Well, that's your first problem. Yeah, so going fast makes waste. I thought going slow would make waste. Well, no, if you go quick, you fuck up. You can fuck up going slow. Well, you can, <laughs> but it takes a lot longer, doesn't it? This is what's interesting, though, is you can click on it. So does this bring you to the Wikipedia page for haste makes waste? Uh, it does not yet have one. It has a link to it. Oh, no. What? There we go. It- Being too hasty leads to wasteful mistakes. There you go. That's what you said. All right. Me and Wikipedia. Synonyms. Look before you leap. Which I don't agree with that necessarily. You know, they're saying like, <clears throat> check out the thing before you leap. But sometimes if you see like a gap you have to jump over, if you look at it, you'll be too scared to leap and you'll stuff up and you'll fall to your bloody death. If you just jump as hard as far as you can, you got a much better chance. That's how I live my life. But you'd probably look and see there's nothing to land on and not leap. Okay. You see someone already jump. They leaped. Mm. They made it. I suppose then I'm looking. Okay. It's a proverb for a reason. All right. <laughs> yeah. I, the proverb has you. I concede. This is what I like though. In related terms, it has great haste makes great waste. So someone coined that term and go, I've got this new expression. Great haste makes great waste. There's already one that's similar to that. He goes, this one's new. It's bigger. I added great twice to it. So it's a totally different thing. But does that mean like if you go really quickly, you'll have really good waste? No, it'll be a great waste. It'll be a great waste of time. Yeah, a great waste of time is better than a waste of time, right? <laughs> Isn't that the idea? I mean, I could sit here bored out of my skull doing nothing or I could watch a movie. That's a great waste. <laughs> Quick, do it at haste. Don't even think about it, guys. Get into it. And that's just the first one. A stitch in time saves nine. Okay, uh, that's a sewing thing. Not a lot of sewing related proverbs. That's probably the most famous sewing one. So is the literal translation of that is if you notice a rip and you just like sew it immediately, it requires less sewing than if you leave it for a week because it will tear more? If you see a tear, fix it immediately because then it's just going to get worse. Okay, and what's that meant to teach us about life? The second there's a problem, you got to jump on it, I guess. Otherwise it gets worse. You know how our lives are like completely distraught and everything's just a mess? Yeah. Not because we haste? <laughs> well, we were trying not to make waste. But this is like, I don't have sewing equipment. Can I just glue it? I don't know. These two also kind of contradict each other. That's true. Because one says, make sure you get on it quickly. And the other one says, no, no, no. Be wasteful if you haste. And also, if you're going to be sewing, like, don't rush around. That's like a needle. That's going to hurt you. Oh, my God. Ellie went through this phase where she decided she was going to make stuff. Like, she's good at sewing. She's a very talented sewer. But she wanted to make this. I'm going to call it a poof. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's only one way you can use that word anymore. And that's exactly what it is. Like a giant Ottoman seater thing. But she wanted to like pretty it up, gussy it up, make it pink with satin and stuff. Sounds fun. It's great for the whole family. <laughs> so I'm enlisted. This is just what I'm doing now. And the problem was it's like a full poof that you're trying to get the biggest needle she had through it, but it's really hard. She's a girl. She couldn't get through. So that's my job. So I'm pushing this needle through and it's really hard. And for some reason, I suppose it's the design of a needle. The back of a needle doesn't have like a push on it. It's just like sharp, like a blade. And I'm trying to push it through and my hand just keeps sliding and sliding. So I'm pushing on the back of it until the back of the needle goes in my thumb. Ooh. Like it's in my thumb. So now you're sewing to it. Yeah, well, I am essentially one with the needle. <laughs> and the messed up part is I didn't get to stop helping then. <laughs> like, you know, generally I've lived in the, if you just do things and then eventually you get hurt, you can stop. I thought I was done. Like there's a needle in my thumb and not the pointy end. They're not pointy end. The eye of the needle. That's yeah. even worse. Yeah, they say like it's easier to put a camel through the eye of a needle or something like that. Well, I put my 
thumb in that eye of the needle. Like, I was in shock. Things don't go in your thumb. <laughs> and I thought, at very least, that would get me out of this. But no, it meant that I had to get a piece of cardboard, put it over my thumb, because we don't want to get any blood on the thing. <laughs> she was way more concerned about her puff than you. Sometimes I wish I was a puff. Then I get the attention. I do love the idea of Ali just going to you. Just man up, Garth. Happens more than you'd imagine. <laughs> and that's not a comment on her. That's a comment on me. I need to man up more. <laughs> Well, it's like, what, we're going to leave it in the middle of the living room half finished? No, 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 you need to get it all the way around, otherwise it'll blah, blah, blah. I'm, like, there in shock. She's like, you got another thumb, don't you? God, I'm sorry, I thought you were a man. (laughs) Sorry, am I a lesbian now? (laughs) Well, you know, a lesbian would finish. So, ironically, that stitch, it didn't save nine, it actually just created another hole. I guess the point is, if you smack open your thumb, that doesn't get you out of work anymore. Good to know. So, guys, if you're helping your girlfriend with big needles, like a bit of cardboard or something just to secure your thumb. Oh, I'm, I'm actually traumatized <laughs> thinking about this now. Because <laughs> just imagine you're pushing on something and then suddenly it's in. I can't say this enough. It's in your thumb, like all the way in, like the whole eye bit is gone inside me now. I didn't know things could go in my thumb. It basically went to the bone. Did it bleed a bit? Not as much as you'd expect. But oh, the you're sh- fine then. Yeah, the shock was... Well, the way I've always found, like, little cuts will bleed endlessly. Big, deep gashes just kind of don't. It's like your body goes, oh, wait, I'm not going to cry. This is serious. We're going to help now. How did it feel coming back out? <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> it was much better than going in, I can tell you that. But she's like, hurry up and get that thing out of your thumb. We still need to finish. Clean it up. We're still using it. <laughs> we did not change needles. See, now your DNA is woven into that. But that's true. I am <laughs> a part of that poof. <laughs> you are one with the puff Uh, I am one puff there's the pull quote for the episode (laughs) (laughs) so this brings us well segued into the next proverb ignorance is bliss you know how you've never experienced that Ben (laughs) you're one lucky prick because I had an unlucky prick (laughs) I've always said ignorance is bliss in that case, that makes me Jesus. Well, we can test this. How happy are you? I don't know. I'm pretty good. Yeah, oh, yeah that's all right then. I'm all right. <laughs> I'm pretty damn ignorant. <laughs> so you should be blissful. If I was more aware of my life and everything and how depressing it was, I'd be bummed out all the time. Not really paying attention though. See, ignorance is bliss, but also that's not very helpful because you would be happy if you truly believed you had $10 million in your bank account right now. You don't, but you truly believe you do. And that would just be an amazing feeling. Devastating when you tried to actually spend the money so as soon as you got the knowledge that you didn't have $10 million, bliss is gone. It holds up then. As long as you think you have that $10 million in the bank, you're happy. So as long as everyone just believes that, it's fine. But is that a good life to lead believing that you have $10 million in your bank account, even though you don't? Well, it's a good thing as long as you never find out, which means, well, the situation never comes up. Imagine you got told you had $10 million, but you didn't really want to change. Like You still went to work. You still did your normal routine because you're just a humble man. I don't need some big thing. I'm not going to spend the 10 million that's fine and so it never comes up that you don't have 10 million because you don't try and spend more than what you normally do I gotta be honest there's no way I believe this hypothetical scenario <laughs> you know the more I say it, I know it's just like you <laughs> think I'm going to work tomorrow with this <laughs> I cut all ties to everyone and everything yeah. I burn bridges yeah like literally I'll burn a bridge because <laughs> I can afford to pay for a new one I just wanted to do it we spent a whole episode talking about what we'd do if we won the lottery oh we did and none of it was be humble and go back to work <laughs> we were very clear on that <laughs> Yeah, if you're looking for that in that episode, it does not appear once. Not once. <laughs> but it is a good testament to the ignorance is bliss in that that whole time, how bummed out were we at the idea that we don't have that? Because we were highly aware we don't have a 
millions of dollars. You'd have to be pretty ignorant though. I think I'm up for that. Anyone was designed for that mission, it would be me. Mustn't cry over spilt milk. That's a weird one when they relate to specific food items. Yeah, like milk is a specific food and a specific thing to cry over. Did people used to spill lots of milk? Was it common to spill milk? And did people often cry over it? It could be a baby thing. But then how's it spilt? Like from the mother's breast, it kind of sprays out. The baby's like, hey, I was going to drink that, you bitch. Well, a bottle. Oh, fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) You immediately went to like boot milk. I try to think of like, when was it created? I don't know. When was bottle milk created? I don't know. And like, was that milk, the mother's breast milk that was put in a bottle? Are they talking about cow's milk? Because this is before (laughs) pasteurization where they used to keep it all the time. And if you milk cows old school, you spill a lot. Yeah, and you probably shouldn't cry over that. Yeah, it'll upset the cows. It'll make the milk sour. And I always thought the expression was don't cry over spilt milk, but it's mustn't. You don't see mustn't a lot these days. That's true. Like, it's not saying don't cry over it. It's saying you mustn't cry. It implies you want to. If anything, do not cry is way less severe than must not cry. It implies there's a punishment for crying, which let's go back to my childhood. If I spilt milk and cried, my parents would hit me and be like, clean it up, you little bitch. Yeah, that's the old proverb. I'll give you something to cry about. Yes. (laughs) So I must not cry over spilt milk. Okay, it stands up. (laughs) I don't know, just drink water or something. You can Uh. catch more flies with honey than you can with vinegar. Why would I want flies in my honey? Honey's expensive and that's a waste of it. I'd be annoyed if it was in the vinegar too, but I wouldn't notice for much longer because I probably use honey more frequently than I use vinegar. On the farm, we had all these fly catchers because it's a poultry farm and they're disgusting. And the way they work is they have this like gross water that I would attribute to it's much more like vinegar than honey. And the thing is they smell it, they crawl in there, then they can't get out because of the way it's shaped. This implies you put honey on a strip and you catch more flies with honey because it's sticky. But the proverb's meant to mean be sweet to people and you'll get more friends and stuff than you will if you're a sourpuss. I don't know. I mean, most of the people who are dickheads tend to get a lot of things because they know how to yell at people properly. Yeah, and you can only truly bond with people over things you hate. How many people have you met that you're just like, you know, he's just so nice. Like, I kind of hate him. Why are you always cheery? He- they do seem a bit like a pushover when people are always nice. But then you're not catching anyone. You're technically the fly being caught by the vinegar person. Like, I don't know what happens <laughs> when you mix honey with vinegar, but I bet it's disgusting. Probably a Greek food. Maybe there are honey people and vinegar people and only the honey people hang out with each other and the vinegar people hang out with each other. Oh, there must be like somewhere over the rainbow. There's just these happy people that like <laughs> they avoid us like the plague. We don't really know it exists because they're like, oh, do not talk to them. They will ruin the honey pot. Whereas we're just hanging out as vinegar people. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. I bet you I can. <laughs> I would be persistent. <laughs> I always... I'm either going to make him drink or drown him. <laughs> One of these things are happening. You can't make him, but if you have a horse next to water long enough, it's going to drink the water. <laughs> it will eventually get thirsty. This is a waiting game. You can't make him, but given enough time, he will. And he only did because you led him to that water. So you grew up on a farm. Do you have much experience with horses? No, we did not have horses, but I grew up around enough horse girls to be aware of this. Yes. So you were part of the whole farming culture. Yeah. Uh, like I had this mate that that you used to own a pig farm. I did. <laughs> <laughs> of course I did. I feel with you I can just say any random redneck shit and just ends up being true. So far, yes. <laughs> I think what we're up to like 60-something episodes and that's never happened when you've gone, has this ever happened on your farm? No, I've heard of something like that, but no. Yeah, no, shooting stuff, doing weird things, playing with dead stuff, chopping down things. Yeah, you name it, I've done it. Welded things. This is what farming is. See, I've done a lot of those things in video games. <laughs> 
That was my childhood. I played Age of Empires. There was plenty of farming in that. That counts. That yeah, that counts. counts. We had Sim Farm, the video game. That pissed my mum off. Why would you own Sim Farm? Because it's not hot and sweaty. I could do it in an air-conditioned room. It's great. I can just imagine you, like, feeding the chickens on your Sim Farm and your mum's going, Garth, go feed the chickens. You're like, in a minute. I gotta finish feeding these chickens or they'll die. That's what my mum used to say. She'd walk in and go, what are you doing? I'm playing Sim Farm. There's an actual farm down there that you need to be on right now. Go down there and work on the farm. Ironically, never got chickens on the game. I preferred to have a strawberry farm. <laughs> that was your secret passion as a kid. You wished that they had a strawberry farm instead of a chicken farm. A boy can dream. <laughs> Strawberries would be easier than chickens. I feel so, yeah. Is growing a crop easier than growing an animal? Depends on the crop and the size of the crop because strawberry farms have tended to be smaller because they kind of have to be handpicked. You know, the pineapple farms or the corn or wheat farms. They're pretty huge and I think that's just a numbers game. There's a machine that does everything. They never leave the air-conditioned cabin and they have air-conditioned cabin tractors. You can't have the cabin in the chicken farm. It won't fit in the shed. So did you have a tractor on your chicken farm? Yeah, two tractors at all times. What did you use a tractor for? for with the chickens. Picking up stuff, moving heaters. There's a lot of big objects you've got to move around that are too heavy oh, to carry. Yeah. Hauling around stuff. Yeah. Also, uh, we had a generator that worked off the back <coughs> of the tractor. So if there was a power out, we'd have to generate up and turn the tractor over. Yeah. yeah, I knew a few kids on properties who had power generators. So then when like blackouts would happen, they would still have power. And so like I'd be going school going like, you know, I had a blackout last night. And they're like, I spent the whole night playing PlayStation. I'm like, <laughs> fuck you. First, we had the tractor generator, which it was very limited. It was just for the farm. They could just keep everything going. Then my parents bought, you have not seen a generator this size, I guarantee you. It's the size of a car easily. And it made too much power. So we used to turn all the aircon on, all the lights on. Everything had to be turned on full blast. My mum used to joke, open the doors and turn the aircon on so that it just goes. Crank this thing because there's too much electricity. So whenever there's a blackout, we've got too much power. That's the problem. <laughs> so global warming is probably kind of your fault then. A little bit. It was, it was diesel powered. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, do you like your chicken nuggets? I do. Then shut up. <laughs> Those who live in glass houses should not throw stones. Well, yeah, if you're in the house. You can throw it if you're not facing the house. Don't throw stones at a person because then they can throw them back. I guess what they're getting at here is don't instigate rock wars if you have a breakable house. I probably wouldn't want to throw rocks around my house and it's not made of glass, but yeah. there's a lot of glass in it. And there's plaster as well. I mean, rocks can break. You've got like your TV. Everything can get broken in this place. Just generally, it should just be if you're a person, don't throw rocks because people will throw rocks as well. Or you shouldn't throw rocks in your own house because if I came at you with a rock and threw it at you you would probably grab it and instantly throw it back at me and you either hit me or damage something in my house so if I want to throw a rock at you I should do it at your house so that way if you throw it at me and miss you damage your stuff although you are setting a dangerous precedent <laughs> you know that I'm bringing a bucket of rocks to your house <laughs> there'll be like this search before you come in every time now searching for rocks <laughs> gotta get patted down <laughs> we'll have like a security agent at the door <laughs> Looking for rocks. I spread them. I get the glove out. Yeah, I would. Just so you know, I would. Because if there's one thing worse than getting a rock thrown at you, it's a poo-covered rock. You can imagine that you're telling me off just going like, Ben, this is ridiculous and humiliating. And the security guy's like, I found some rocks up his ass. Damn, Damn it. it. All right, my cover's blown. I'm going home. It's, not it's the only reason I turned up here. I'll try again tomorrow. It always makes me think of greenhouses. So if you have a greenhouse, <clears throat> you shouldn't throw. Oh, absolutely not. You can click on this one too. And it's like, see also the pot calling the cat 
metal black. Don't think that has anything to do with this expression. Because that's like, if you're the same as someone. It's like if I called you lazy. Well, actually, no, there's more to it because a pot is black, whereas a kettle is not. So it's like, if I said, you're Garth. No, I'm Garth. You're not Garth at all. The pot and the kettle are both black, aren't they? Well, no, kettles are like silver. They're metallic. They don't get black. These days. Because they would have had stovetop kettles. I thought the pot was always black, but the kettle was not necessarily black. I figured they were both black and that's the expression. Kind of like you said before, if you called me lazy. Then my original statement stance. Cool. I'm interested in this next one though. The moat and the beam. Oh yeah, that's an old one. Everyone knows that one. We can probably skip completely over it. No, Ben, <laughs> just for my sake, can you in detail without clicking on it, tell me what the hell we're talking about here? And is it even moat? What's that word? It's, it's a Jesus thing, apparently. It's a parable of Jesus given in the sermon on the mountain in the gospel of Matthew chapter seven, verses one to five. Like I had to mention that we all know our Bible. Yeah, yeah. Get your Bibles out, people. You can read along. The discourse is fairly brief and begins by warning his followers of the dangers of judging others. All right, so don't throw stones if you live in glass houses. Pot calling the kettle black. Don't judge other people. I guess is, they are all don't judge other people. It's like the Jesus thing with he is with who is without sin may cast the first stone. They must have been in a glass house. And it's like, well, you can throw a rock at the glass house as long as you know you're a good person. Which I always wished his mother was in that crowd. Just could have thrown a rock and gone, Mom, not now. <laughs> Mom, sometimes you can be a real bitch. <laughs> <laughs> or was that Jesus's way of calling dibs? He who is without sin. <laughs> is anyone questioning that I'm with sin? I mean, I'm freaking Jesus over here. I'm going to stone <sighs> this prick to death. That would have been a funny end of the story if after he had said that he picked up a rock and just threw it at her. <laughs> that was the point. <laughs> He's like, I get to throw the first rock. Okay, now you guys can join in. And that's what always got me about that. May cast the first stone, but then it <clears> just means you just need one innocent person, then everyone else can cut sick. I'll always bring Jimmy along. He's without sin. <laughs> then we can have a rock war and it's going to be glorious. Are you going to bring Jimmy along? Nah, he stubbed his toe and he took the Lord's name in vain. Damn it! <laughs> oh, you just need a kid. Like, if you find a kid that's, like, just been born, who's just old enough that they can throw a rock, then it's gun-ho for everybody. Or you get a newborn baby, you put a rock in their arm and you grab their arm and sort of catapult it. See, he cast the first stone. All right, everyone, let's kill this delinquent. I don't know, how old do you reckon someone is before they commit their first sin? Well, we are born with a original sin which is apart my... from that one <laughs> I know I don't think that existed at Jesus's time no I think it did because it's Old Testament it is it's a Jewish thing isn't it it's like the opening to the Bible first oh, the part Adam... is him starting the thing and then Adam and Eve Eve eats the apple and mm. that's why we all feel guilty but that's weird in that like we're all born with original sin because someone else did that that's like saying hey your parents sinned so you are a sinner the weird thing is is we owed God this debt because she ate this apple and reviewing science of what we've gone over we're sure that that didn't happen pretty damn I'm sure that doesn't make a lot of sense according to research. Yes. Yeah, so what's with this original sin shit? <laughs> <laughs> a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. To go back to the chicken farm, if you have a chicken on the farm, you can sell it for money. If they're in the bush, they're not really worth much. Yeah, so it's apt. Apt. Although I think the exchange rate's a little poor. Like if I told you, look, Ben, I have a bird right here in my hand. Would you like to buy it? It's a dollar. And you're like, yeah, that's a pretty good deal for a bird. Or just another option. There's two birds outside that you can also have for a dollar. Can I have them? No, they're outside. <laughs> You have to get them yourself. Yeah, they're in the bush somewhere. I would probably just take the one for a dollar. Well, personally, I think the one in their hand is worth something. The ones in the bush are worth nothing because yeah. I don't have them. I How can't... are you selling them to me if I've got to catch them? Exactly. Unless it's one of those hunting safaris. <laughs> then it's the other way around. Like if you go on a hunting safari and you're like, I'm going to shoot some pheasants. Like, well, here's a pheasant in my hand you can shoot. That's not really sporting, is it? That's not hunting. But then there's two in the bush. I'll charge you 10 times as much as the one in my hand. Be very scary to hold a bird and tell someone to shoot it. I mean, if it's a cow, you can hold it in one on the horn and not get shot. I'm pretty sure if you shoot a bird in my
my hand, I'm losing a pinky. <laughs> so I found one I disagree with. Lovely. Well, you could also apply it to, we could completely do another Wikipedia page now, ditch this episode and do another one. We could do two more. Two more. Or we could just finish this one and go home. Because this one's in our hands right now. <laughs> yeah. But then how is doing two other ones just randomly? First, we have to find them. Then we have to talk about them. We essentially have to start completely over for twice as long. How is that worth the same as the one we're doing now? Fortune favors the bold. I don't really agree with that. Do you know how many bold people are dead? Like, I'm pretty sure that if I storm that beach, I'll be a hero. Yeah, you're the first one to die. Technically, fortune is more included in a bold person's life. I'd say fortune involves the bold. We could say fortunate people are bold. If you're alive and you're doing well, it's because you were bold. But also, if you're alive and you're doing piss poor, it's because you were bold. It's the people in the middle who don't take risks. They're not bold and they don't really leave things up to chance. It's playing the odds, as it were. See, I reckon if you were very fortunate and you got a lot of things, you would be very bold about it. That's a different way to take it. Like, what if when we started this podcast, we got like four episodes in, someone listened to it and then put us on the radio. We got signed internationally. We just did all these movies and we just put fuck all effort into it. And somehow all of this stuff had fallen in our lap. We, were just we would be pretty bold and up ourselves of like, we must be the greatest entertainers ever because the world's <laughs> thrown itself at us. We've done practically nothing. I don't know what everyone else is complaining about. And that's so true. Because if you ever watch Inside the Actors Studio or anything when they talk with the big, huge stars, they always go like, you know, so how'd you get into acting? I just rocked up and they gave me a job and now I'm a millionaire. That's almost every single big famous person. It's like, I just rocked up and they were like, yeah, you're cool. Do you think Chris Hemsworth really had to roll the dice? <laughs> no, he's just a big, good looking guy who rocked up and they went, hey, you'll fit the role. I mean- <laughs> like my brother can do it too if you want. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, bring him along. Sure. This is a spot in Hollywood for him. What fortune was involved in that? I've got also got another brother. No, <laughs> no. No, you're only good looking enough to bring one brother in. <laughs> we just need one for comparison. <laughs> so we can go, well, he's good looking, but then there's the blonde one. <laughs> I'd say fortune favors those who know how to stack odds in their favor. But that's even like when I saw Oprah's show when she was a thing, where she would always talk about all you have to do is believe in yourself. And it's like, how easy does she think life is? Because she's sort of became like a phenomenon in that time. More famous than anyone deserves to be. Yes. She's someone that everyone has gone, you should run for president. Like if she ran for president, she could potentially get presidency just from the cult she's already started. Because she's what Ellen is trying to be. Like she's not Oprah status. She is not Oprah. Not in her prime, no. Like imagine being so powerful that you can just go up to any author and go, if I said so, your book would be a bestseller. She has Oprah's pick of the week or something and people listen to what she says every week and go, well, I guess I'm buying that book now. Yeah, it's always a top seller. She did a boycott thing of McDonald's and encouraged her people to do and McDonald's came on their hands and knees to her <laughs> and just said like, what do you want to do? Oh my God, imagine having so much power that McDonald's, the most undefeatable <laughs> conglomerate on the oh. planet is just there going, please Oprah, <clears throat> take it back. What do you need from us? I don't think there'll ever be anyone who had that level of like that again. Like it's a very specific thing that she went out and got. The most loyal followers ever. It's basically housewives and then spread mm. out. Like she got into the roots of the family and then it plagued out from there. Cause it's not like the guy who like worked all day and he's like, oh, I heard about this thing. No, it's midday. The wife is a stay at home mom. She's taking the kids to school. She 
she's vacuuming around the house and then Oprah comes on. She goes, oh, this is very interesting. And then when the husband comes home, I need this book. Sure, whatever. <laughs> I don't care. I don't know where you get your opinions from. I don't really care. I was busy. Genius. Although she did some amazing things. I saw her interview Mike Tyson. Oh, wow. First, she interviewed him and he spoke about how he used to beat his wife. <laughs> and she sat there like, oh, yeah. Because mm. he's like, oh, you know, she'd beat on me. I'd beat on her. It was just a very tumultuous relationship. And she was there like, oh, that must have been very hard for you. Just completely like okay with it, as it were. But then when he went, she was smart. She got off and went, oh, my God. Everyone thinks I'm okay with woman bashing. So she got the woman on and went, so you must have been so scared of this man. Oh, my God. He was this big, scary man. What are you going to do? Yeah. She got Evander Holyfield and Mike Tyson on the same show to reunite since the ear biting incident <laughs> and it was the craziest thing I've ever seen because they got Evander Holyfield out who's a really nice respectable man who was a good boxer and a good athlete and he got Mike Tyson there and she's like let's bring him out and like sit them side by side and let's talk about this guys <laughs> and Mike Tyson's like man I was scared of you that's why I did it I was scared of you you like tough I'm like this is happening on my TV right now oh yeah people would open up to Oprah and she did shows on like the weirdest things like she would do like boxes and sometimes she was doing like a big cooking show for the whole time and she sometimes she'd give away cars to every single person in the audience oh, or just give someone a house just cause and it's amazing that she was able to make so much money by constantly giving stuff away that's a good position to be in because everyone goes look how much she gives out but she's making billions doing this could you imagine if we gave every one of our listeners a car and it somehow made us a fuck ton of money oh yes I would give them cars every episode I'd never stop <laughs> that would be what I do now I just walk up to people on the street and give them a car. By the way, we should let you all know we don't make any money if we give you all cars, so that's not happening. The second it does, we will. <laughs> and we'd expect the same from you. Yeah, yeah. When we become Oprah status, you totally get a car. And read Catcher in the Rye, I guess. <laughs> don't. It's a pile of crap. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to start a book club. First, you might need to read a book. Yeah, no, nah, I don't want to do that. Can we do a podcast club? <laughs> yeah, wiki review. Wiki review. Top the- again. What do you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, fortune favors the bold. <laughs> Which you can click on as well. Ooh, let's see what else they got with it. Why are there so many, like, really old paintings? It's like a naked woman playing what I want to say is a squid, like a guitar. Yeah, she's at a weird petting zoo. Oh, Oh, it's a horn of plenty. It's a horn of cash, and there's a cow there. Cash cow. Yep, that's a donkey, and that's a sheep. And and you got a pig. pig. And some kind of bird, possibly an eagle. There's a crown sort of there. What is that? See, in ancient art, well, ancient art, there's an owl hidden there. It's all allegories. There Um, is an owl hidden there. It's like a Where's Wally. It (laughs) is. Like, once you found Wally, you then have to find the cane and the wizard and all that stuff. It's all I in found there. the owl. The owl represents wisdom. The horn represents giving stuff. I don't well, I've know. noticed here that you've got the donkey has a huge red cloth over him. And standing right behind him is a bull. Is that really a wise idea to be wearing a really red cloth in front of a bull? Well, yeah. Fortune favors the bold. And that is one bold ass. <laughs> that donkey don't give a crap. Also, because he's facing the other way. If that bull comes at him, he's going to, like donkey kick him and that's gonna like take that ox head off and there's also the weird thing that it looks like I can see boo but no nipple oh because she is very scantily clad yeah it's like she's got both out but there's nothing on the peak of the mountains it's weird this is a Salvatore Rosa's 1658 painting allegory of fortune like I said it's all allegories I was right about that so that's why the horn and the crown and all the animals they represent fortune I guess if you rocked up here and you saw a topless girl with a thing full of treasure I'd be 
unfortunate. Like, like, ben, what's happening here? <laughs> is that hers or is that yours? Is she your? I need some more description here. <laughs> it's like, no, you get the sheep. I've got sheep. <laughs> Do you want a sheep, Ben? I can get you a sheep. <laughs> I, I don't know where I'd keep it. And the lady- And don't say that on the podcast. Shannon listens. I will end up with a sheep. <laughs> Especially if you're like, I can give you a baby little lamb. Do you want to- Never show her a little lamb. <laughs> <laughs> this friendship is over if you ever show her a cute little lamb. I'm going to introduce her to my mother. Because that's all she talks about. Like, hey, mom, um, how you doing? Oh, we've had so many lambs. Just so many. I don't even know what to do with all of them. We already own a cat. And the thing has been is the cat gets me out of any of the pets. Because I've said anything either eats him or he'll eat it. And he really? hates other cats. So mm. we can't get a second cat. And anything else he'll eat or it'll eat him. But a sheep? I don't know where that falls. Yeah, cats and sheep don't really have much to do with each other. Like, I know they say when the lion lies down with the lamb. That's a religious thing. But I think that means like it'll never happen. So that's probably a good thing, right? But a lion will eat a sheep. I think cats would get confused by sheep because they might think it's another cat. <laughs> like, why is he so big? Yeah, he's just kind of like a curly-haired <laughs> sheep. Kind of afro-y. So I'd basically just keep it in the backyard, right? Pretty much, yeah. And it'd just eat your grass. I wouldn't have to mow. Oh, you would. This is what they don't tell you about sheep. They don't like long grass. They like short grass. Long grass <laughs> is sour. Are you kidding? So I've still got to mow the lawn and have a sheep? Yeah, and it leaves like crap everywhere. And they have like pellet crap. See, I already have a cat that I still have to buy mousetraps. <laughs> You're the most useless cat. I know. So I don't want to have a sheep and have to mow the lawn. Because <laughs> I'd be like mowing the lawn and setting up mouse traps to catch a mouse that's in my house now for some reason. And then and you have and to- just looking at the animals just going, what the fuck is your point? <laughs> what do you guys do? Yeah. Meow. <laughs> be useful. Uh, yeah, I'm not sold on the sheep. I thought it could replace my lawnmower. I was going to sell my lawnmower to pay for a sheep. <laughs> Yeah, no, they don't do that. That's not how it works. You'd have to mow first for them to eat, and then you'd have to mow eventually because one sheep is not going to keep up. Well, I'm not getting a bunch of sheep. That's even worse. Yeah, it just gets worse from there. And they will get out. Yeah, I don't have a fence, so they definitely will. And I'm not making one. And just one more thing about this while we're on this painting. The lady with the no nipples, she's referred to as the goddess of luck, Fortuna. Fortuna? It's a little on the nose, but all right. I thought, isn't that a little, like, really fortune, Fortuna? It's like a guy's going, then the goddess of luck showed up. What's her name? Uh. Fortuna? Alright, whatever. Keep going. I would like it if she was a mermaid. Well, that's not very fortunate. Yeah, but Fortuna. Ah, she's thinking of the tuna. She's not against tuna. She is for tuna. Yeah. Which I suppose, like, that's pretty lucky. If you like tuna, that's a pretty good thing because it's pretty healthy. And I'm sure with all the fishing that they used to do back then, that'd come up a lot. If you were against tuna or anti tuna, that's pretty unlucky because guess what you're eating tonight? Well, Fortuna is a good tuna brand name. That if is. If I were to start a tuna company, I would call it Fortuna. I'd buy it. <laughs> Especially if there's a nippleless chick on the front. Yeah, I would put this picture on the front. So Meanwhile, you... is that a lucky thing to not have nipples or an unlucky thing? Or is she so lucky she doesn't need nipples? I mean, if she's a god, gods don't really need sexual reproductive organs. Mm. They don't need they... nipples or belly buttons, do they? Well, they wouldn't have belly buttons because they didn't come out of a womb. Yeah, and they but don't. But would they need genitals? Well, she wouldn't even need the boobs. But then she's fortunate, so she has boobs, but she's also fortunate that she'll never have a baby that she has to, like, breastfeed. That's pretty lucky. You know this painting's probably worth, like, Hundreds of millions of dollars. Oh, yeah, but it's from 1658. <laughs> like, everything's worth a lot then. All right, where were we up to? <clears throat> well begun is half done. I've never heard that before. Yeah, neither have I. And there's so many things. This is bullshit. I'm calling bullshit on this one. Do you know how many projects I have sitting around the house that I started them? When I first got in there, I was like, I am doing this. You know what? I'm going to paint this entire chair. I'm going to paint it this cool color, and then I'm going to add some bits. And you know what? I sanded half of it down, and it's still sitting there. It was well begun, and I'm not half done. 
there's a long way to go because I have to get the right paint and then there's the undercoat and then I gotta sand the rest of it and then get the dust off. There's so much to do. I'm not half done. That's bullshit. What about this podcast? Well, this episode. It's well done and we're about half done. I wouldn't say it was well begun, but we're definitely half done. Yeah. <laughs> we got the second part. We're well, half I'd, done. I'd say that half done is well begun is more accurate. Like, half done is well begun. Yeah, because once you're half done, you've well begun it. That's true. But if you're well begun, you're not half done. Okay, so I'm going to contest that one. That's my little spin on it. One you'd never heard of and now it's just out. Well, clearly, this is why I've never heard it because mm. I would have stopped it in its tracks. That's why it's not a famous one, I'm guessing, even though it's one of the major examples right on the page. I'd like to think that when they made this Wikipedia page that things like that, someone just like put that in there as like, <laughs> see if anyone notices. I thought of this great idea for a proverb. It's well begun is half done. That's stupid. We'll see what the people who go to Wikipedia say. This is going to be a saying that everyone says. It's going to be the next haste bag's waste. <laughs> they probably started it by going like, well begun. Oh, this is going good so far. I'm basically <laughs> half done. <gasps> Oh my god, I did it! <laughs> well begun is... Uh, can we make it rhyme? Things always... And that's a thing I've seen too. There's a lot of tricks people use to sound smart. And if you can put a rhyme in something, people go, Oh, that's really clever. It does sound more true if it rhymes. It does. Haste makes waste. Yeah! Wait, no it doesn't. You're full of shit. Yeah, the next one could basically be used as a tagline for this show. <laughs> We should have thought of this, yeah. A little learning is a dangerous thing. So, Does uh, that mean if you learn very little? Is it saying that you need to learn a lot so that you're not dangerous? Or are they saying that, like, knowledge is power and so a little bit of knowledge is dangerous? Or is it don't be in the middle? If you're going to learn something, learn it. Can we click on it so we can see what the hell they're talking about? An essay on criticism? That's where <laughs> it took us? <laughs> what? An essay on criticism. The first major poems written by Alexander Pope. No relation. It is the source of the famous quotations to err as human to forgive divine. Meaning that humans stuff up all the time, but only a god can forgive. Because I've forgiven no one and I constantly stuff up. See, I remember hearing a twist on that expression that I think is better. Which is to error is human. To blame someone else? Well, that's even more human. <laughs> I've heard uh, to air is human, but it takes a machine to really stuff things up. <laughs> okay, so it's a nice poem written by Popey Boy. And he even gets a painting too, which has half-naked people. Like, she's completely covered except her boobs. Is this, like, this a guy's can... idea and of And the heaven? guy has a nipple. Is that a guy? No, I think they're both chicks. She's just a little less lacking in the cleavage. Okay, so you either get big boobs or nipples. That's your choice. You don't get both. That's exactly what's happened here. Well, you know, be fair. If you don't have nipples and you don't have big boobs, how will we know that where they are? But if you've got big boobs, they kind of, you know, display themselves. And she's got a cello and a, she's got two instruments. You can't play a cello and hold a horn. <laughs> sure you can. She's like one of those one-man band people. <laughs> she's got like a whole get-up. She's also got a bass drum and cymbals that she attaches to her ankles. <laughs> ching, 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 ching. <laughs> uh-huh. And she finales with a triangle that she pulls out. Brilliant. I love it. Uh, the other person there, they're just chilling. they got a rope and is that a crown? I don't know. I think they're going to hang him because they're sick of one-man bands. I would. <laughs> this was written in 1714. Yeah. 1711. Sorry. And if something's said a long time ago, people just assume it's like really good advice because it's still around. I think it just gets less true as we go along though. Yeah. Most things that they figured out a thousand or so years ago are pretty crap. Yeah. There's a lot of things that need to be fixed up since then. It's just a poem that said a little learning is a dangerous thing. It's ambiguous is my problem. Well, they got the poem down here. It is hard to say if greater want of skill appear in the writing of judging 
being ill. Well, it okay. rhymes. That's nice. Yeah, it rhymes. It's like a little song. But of the two, less dangerous is the offense to tire our patience than mislead our sense. It does sound really cool. I'll give it yeah, that. It's an essay on criticism. So they're talking about judging things badly and criticizing things. Which is pretty much what we do. Yeah, but criticizing's fun. And Isn't it's it? easy. And if you can rhyme it, then, well, you're a rapper. It's a diss rhyme. This is the first ever rap battle. <laughs> they called him MC Ali Pope, man. So we learned a little bit about that and that could be a dangerous thing. The fact that we didn't read the whole thing means that we've already made our decision on it. And I think you're right. This is just us a little learning. We don't read everything. We just read one sentence, make up our mind what it means and then tell everyone what it means. And sometimes I tell them it's the opposite of what it means. Exactly. That's kind of dangerous. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine if someone ever took us seriously? I mean, that's never happened my entire life and that's why we're free to do this. But imagine that guy, he did his essay on criticism. That was 1711. Now it's 2019. So people look at it and go, wow, what wise words. Think in 200, 300 years when someone reads back to wiki review and they hear something we say and they're like, well, it must be really good advice. It's so old. I hope they do. We could bring down society. That's kind of the plan. This is the long play for me. I never <laughs> thought that we would take off doing this. The plan is, is in a couple of hundred years, this podcast is going to cripple society. That's always been my dream of being an artist who's never appreciated in his own lifetime. <laughs> That's how you know you're a good artist. Oh, you'll definitely achieve that. <laughs> it's just being a ch- appreciated after your lifetime that you might want to be more skeptical about. Yeah, that might need some more work. <laughs> yeah. I like to think though, this is just an Easter egg waiting to just bring down everything that anyone's ever built. I figure if I'm not alive, the world shouldn't exist. What use does it have then? I know, I'm done with it. I'm lighting a match on the way out. (laughs) (laughs) A rolling stone gathers no moss. We've already said that one, but... Yeah, shit, I did my Keith Richards joke at the start. It's okay, I've got a story. Oh, cool. Mythbusters tested this one. It's not true. Oh, really? Yeah, they got a rolly machine that rolls a rock, and they had, like, moss in there, and over enough time, the moss does gather on the rock. How long did it take? Because rocks don't usually roll that long in nature. Yeah, it does. I've never seen a rock roll down a hill over a course of a week. And then, yeah, of course, moss can grow then. I mean, rocks are porous. That's what moss sticks to them. And I'd say that by rolling, it's more likely to pick up moisture and more likely to pick up moss. So as long as it's a big enough roll, what if it rolls through moss? If it's a rock that has lots of like little holes and stuff in it, like if it's Mm. like pumice and it rolls down a hill through a big moss patch, it's gathering all the moss. Though this feels also like it contradicts the first one with the haste makes waste and now this one's saying a rolling stone gathers no moss. So that's implying that you should keep moving always. Or is it? With haste. Isn't it? I thought the proverb worked that like if you're constantly moving, you never pick up anything. Like, don't you want moss? Is moss the goal in life? I always thought moss was not the goal. Like you're trying to Who not gather moss. Because it's also, yeah, if you move around a lot and you live a healthy life, then you'll never get like fungus. Yeah, I feel if I was sitting on my couch for a while watching TV and I noticed moss growing on me, I would think it was time to get up. That is a good sign. I should probably move more. But if you move around enough, don't you get like athlete's foot? That's a fungus. That's an equivalent. I don't know. So I guess you got to find like this medium pace to move at. So like roll a little, but you know, take time to smell the roses, I guess. But not so slow that you pick up moss. Smell the flower, move on from the moss. Everything in moderation. I'm now confused as to whether you want the moss or not. <laughs> I've kind of thrown a spanner in your works here. Rolling stone and no gathers no moss. Oh, the it, says, it says right page. at the top. Oh, does it? People who are always moving with no roots in one place or another avoid 
avoid responsibilities and cares. So do I want responsibilities and cares? No. Why would you want responsibilities and cares? That sounds like the dumbest thing ever. So is the responsibilities and cares the moss? Yes, I think so. If you're constantly rambling around. some people do want responsibility and cares. So now I'm confused even more. Is the moss good or bad? Because then it says a common modern meaning is that a person must stay active to avoid stagnation. If you never do anything, you never get anything. So you do want the moss, but if you constantly move, you never have any responsibilities, which sounds like the goal of life. Well, this one says, yeah, the person must stay active to avoid stagnation. So that's what I said. It's open to interpretation. Well, I guess like if you move around a lot, you'll avoid some stuff. Do you want to avoid that stuff? Well, stagnation you want to avoid. Isn't that just doing nothing? That's what we do anyways. Yeah, but I don't think we're meant to do that. Yeah, but I like doing that. (laughs) When we talked about being rich, what's the whole point of being rich? So I never have to do anything again. Yeah, so we can grow moss. So is that really the goal in life? Basically to just sit back on the couch and be able to relax until moss grows over your whole body. I would brag if I had moss on me. I'd be like, you know what? I didn't have to work for so long. I've actually got moss on my elbow. Check this out. Mm. It's actually possible because you have sloths. Mm. They actually move so slow that they grow moss on them. They do gather moss. So a living creature can be that lazy. If sloths didn't smell so bad, I'd totally have one as a pet. They look really fun. They don't move that much. Like you could leave the gate open and not be afraid that they get out. Because by the time you come home, they're halfway down the drive. Every lazy person I know wishes to be reincarnated as a sloth. Seems pretty fun. There are times when I'm like really tired just going like, yeah, if I died now, I would want to come back as a sloth. They always kind of look happy. They do. They got that dopey smile all the time. Yeah, like they're just slow and happy. Like ignorance is bliss. Look at the sloth. <laughs> but that's the thing where we associate smiles with humans and being happy. Whereas with some creatures, it can be like baring their teeth. So you never know to a sloth, a smile. That means he's in great pain. It happens to look like a smile, but maybe that's because he hangs upside down all the time. So really it's a frown. He just looks dopey because there's a lot of blood rushing to his head. <laughs> Which, hey, not a bad way to live. But does nothing eat the sloth then? There are people in South America who eat sloths. Uh, apart from people, people kill everything. Even the things we don't need to eat, we just kill. So we don't really count as a predator, but does it have any natural predator? I don't know. You want to find out? I guess I can Google that. What eats sloths? Snakes and humans, large birds, jaguars. Jaguars? Oh, that would suck if you were a sloth and you were just like hanging off a tree and you're like really sleepy and then you just see a jaguar beside you and like, oh, I can't outrun this thing. They say that the sloth swipes at them with their claws out. So you can imagine like a dopey guy like, come on, man, piss off. (laughs) Come on, be cool. It's a jaguar. coming at you that's not that's not a good day and large birds how big would a bird have to be to like swoop down and pick up a sloth it's a large bird of prey so they're talking about like eagles and falcons and stuff and like you know an eagle could take us could it? It'd be a fair fight to a certain extent. That would mess with me if, like, I'm walking with you through a park and an eagle just swoops by, picks <laughs> you up and fucks off, and I'm just like, where did Garth go? <laughs> oh, God, I'm next. <laughs> Should I throw a rock or something? <laughs> no, stay away from the glass house. <laughs> I would want to throw a rock at the eagle to help you, but chances are so much higher I would hit you. <laughs> and now you're being taken by an eagle and getting pummeled by rocks at the same time. <laughs> And you can't really get mad because you know I mean well. That really hurt, but I appreciate the effort. Ben, maybe it's time you call in someone who can actually help me. You want to help? Get your phone out. Okay, got my phone. No bars, though. (laughs) Hang on, I'll be back. Please hurry. (laughs) It's really painful. Talons. 
And snakes, which, yeah, I don't play with snakes. And snakes can kill anything. Again, can snakes eat a sloth? That's what they just said. Because don't they usually eat things whole by dislocating their jaw? Yeah, they can fit a sloth in. Like an anaconda. An anaconda could. And that's about the same place that sloths live. I know, I don't want to live in any environment where a snake that big lives. I know. That's too big for a snake. Like, I saw a documentary about anacondas because they swim through the water and the guy's swimming with the anaconda. Ugh. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Why are you doing? <laughs> what kind of moron does that? And they're just like, oh, they're fine. You know, it doesn't want to hurt me. It's just going home. How do you know? That's your life. And because if that anaconda just decided, you know what, I'm going to kill this guy. Nothing you can do about it. You're dead now. See, I can tolerate snakes. I can't be confident around snakes. The idea of like walking up to a snake and just picking it up and going, oh yeah, she's a beauty, isn't she? No, no. way. Never happening. You'll never see me do it. <laughs> I don't play with snakes. If there's a snake in the room, I'm leaving. <laughs> but that's someone else's problem and I will just not go in that room for the rest of my life. I'm okay with never going in there and even if it's like months later and the snake's either gone or dead, that's fine. They can have the room. <laughs> Snake's room now. And you know what? I'm fine with that. I will work around it. Snakes are one of the few creatures I will just work around. There's no playing with them. I'm fine with a snake so long as there's a person in charge. Anytime there's like a wildlife person who's got a snake, I'm fine. I'm cool. I can touch it, whatever. But if there's just a snake in my yard, I'm like, holy shit, there's a snake. I'm never going back there again. (laughs) I've shot a snake. Oh, really? Once again, back to the farm. (laughs) Because snakes eat chickens. It was a big car. It was a carpet snake. But it was crawling along slowly. It got out rat shot as I was told to do by my parents and I shot it oh, and yeah. I don't know if they talk so I don't know if other snakes are like there's that guy we're gonna get him he shot Barry that's the only way I deal with a snake because there's no physical contact I wouldn't even like use a spear because what if like I went to stab it and it dodged and then crawled up the spear now it's on the spear it's connected to me I don't do anything which I'll physically connect with a snake yeah most people who get bitten are trying to kill it with a shovel yeah yeah that's most of the bites that they get <laughs> and that's your own fault yeah yeah don't try and take it on in a fight and then whinge when you get bit. Though what if you had taken a shot at it, you had missed and it had known that you were taking a shot at it. Oh, that would be the worst. Cause Like it turns and it starts darting right at you. I've now got its full undivided attention. <laughs> and if the snake is smart enough to know this is a bolt action rifle and I have to... Before I can shoot again It's like Now's the time to rush the trenches Like it's coming at me Bayonet style What if it wrapped around the rifle And then turned it back on you (laughs) And now it's using its tail To shoot the rifle And it's loading the bolt action perfectly How do you like it? (laughs) Oh my god Translate, say your prayers, bitch. You know what? The snake owns the rifle now. I'm just going to stay away from that part of the farm for the rest of my life. That's okay. You would get shot by the rifle and you'd think you were done and Ali would be like, man up and get back in there and kill the snake. This is probably the most shameful thing to admit, but if there's a snake, Ali's dealing with it. <laughs> when there's something gross, I deal with it because I grew up on a farm. I'm fine with that. If there's a mouse, if there's a possum in the house, if there's a spider, I deal with it. That's my job. If there's a snake, all bets are off. Everyone can go to hell. You can call me any name you want. You do whatever you you shoot it, you stab it, you find a person. I'm going to be somewhere else that's not where a snake is. Thank you very much. <laughs> There's very few things in this world that will make me bitch out as hard as a snake. It's the kind of thing that means that you probably should never try to get on the show Fear Factor. No, yeah, no. You're <laughs> saying if you have like an expert, like, oh, it's fine. Is it? No, I don't care what degree you have. I don't care how doped up the <clears throat> snake is. I don't care that there's a bunch of five-year-olds patting the snake. No, get the hell away from me. <laughs> no, I feel I can put myself in any dangerous situation so long 
unless someone will get in trouble if I die. <laughs> I don't know why that's comforting, but it is. Well, it's like someone's willing to stake their reputation because you can only be the guy who shows snakes to people until someone dies from that snake. Yeah, then, that ruins his career if I die. Yeah, kind of hard to get work after that. He can never once again go, it's safe. No one's ever gotten bitten under my watch. Cannot say that anymore. <laughs> that's a dirty lie. Because if he went, it's fine. Only one person's ever gotten bitten by me. No, that's too many. <laughs> exactly. You got to have a clean record. Undefeated. That's what I want to hear from you. <laughs> so we still can't tell if you want moss or not. I suppose it depends if you're partial to moss. Moss represents responsibility, I guess. I and guess who wants that? People can't ask you to do things if you're always on the move. <clears throat> it ain't over until the fat lady sings. Which is a reference to opera, I believe. I don't think that gets used too much in this PC culture these days. Yeah, that one kind of went away. Now they say things like from the 70s, it ain't over till it's over. But that's kind of like redundant. Well, that's how we were originally going to end our podcast. We were going to have some fat lady singing. Her rate was too high and then she lost a bit of weight. And then it was like, it ain't over till the chubby girl sings. And then it was, it ain't over till the slender girl sings. And it was, it ain't over till the anorexic girl sings because we gave her a complex because we kept calling her the fat lady. And what if she's not a lady? What if she's like a fat scrubber who's like just kind of a bitch? Like she's kind of like, you know, a tramp rather than a, a lady. Yeah, you need a lady, someone who's sophisticated, yeah. large and sophisticated. Fill the room with her presence in two ways. And then we can finish. And I always imagine she's wearing a Viking helmet. Because it's got that link into opera. Is that even a true thing? Like, how many operas have you been to? Same Zero. as me? Yeah. yeah. Why would you go to an opera? I just assumed that they all end with a fat chick singing. Was it so common that it became a saying? I'm just imagining if Shannon was trying to drag me along to the opera, I would complain so much. <laughs> yes. Like, it would completely ruin the night for her. I would make it not worth it. <laughs> And you got to make oh it known God. to them beforehand. Oh my God. She tried taking me to the ballet once. I've been to the ballet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just like questioning why we were here. What are we were doing? Why are these people dancing everything? What's going on? Someone say a line. <laughs> oh, they must not talk because you got to pay actors more if they have a speaking role. Yeah, they speak through their dancing. So I'm sitting in there trying to put together what they're saying. But everything they say, it's like, I assume she's saying I'm hungry. <laughs> she looks like she's hungry. In fairness, even she got bored at the ballet halfway through when we left. Independent to my comments. <laughs> I love that gold. When you just like, look, I've got to be good. I'm being mm -hmm. a good man to my woman right now. She wants to watch this thing. I have to come along. It's an obligation, but I'll just be quiet. In fact, sometimes it can be better. If you complain the whole way, then it's your fault. If you can sit there and be good, she will feel like it's on her that like you're having a bad time. She's like, oh, he's being so good. And I feel so guilty that he has to sit here because I'm not even enjoying this. Shutting up can really get your way. True, but that can back fire in a way. If you ever been in the situation where you're like, all right, before we came here, she said we'd probably be leaving around three. I've given it till four and she hasn't really broached leaving yet. I still want to be good. Do I ruin my streak now if I say anything? <laughs> Maybe if I pretend to look tired. Or even worse than that, on top of it, is if she decides because you didn't say anything bad that you must love it. <laughs> and then later on you find out that she wasn't really enjoying herself. You were just there because she felt like, well, you just seem to be having a good time. You got so into it and I've had this where I'm like no I was just being good it was your thing so I was being nice and then I can't convince her that I don't like it but also I'm trying to be nice like I don't want to shit on it because it's like a thing she likes but you give me two minutes of like unbridled honesty and I will tell you and ruin it for you for the rest of your life <laughs> but I'm trying to be like calibrated in this yeah like it's your thing you're allowed to enjoy it just not my cup of tea no I don't believe you you were having a great time I saw you talking to that guy all night I hated him he was a annoying. He wouldn't leave me alone. I tried to shake him. You looked like you were having fun though with him. I was trying to be polite. That was my fake nice. But you always look like that when we're doing my things. Exactly! <laughs> <laughs> I hate everything!
everything you do. <laughs> I looked exactly how you look when you come to one of my things. Okay, I know the expression. You do it too. Don't even pretend. I know you don't really enjoy those comedy nights. <laughs> and that's fat ladies singing. It is better to be smarter than you appear than appear smarter than you are. This has plagued me my whole life and I've worked really hard on trying to look stupider than I am. It takes a lot of effort. I think I give off a smart vibe until I open my mouth. That's funny. I've never gotten a smart vibe from you. See, I've worked at it really hard. Yeah. By the time you met me, I got this vague expression all the time. So people go, you cannot be as stupid as you look. That is physically impossible to be alive and that stupid. I don't know. I mean, if someone looks stupid and dopey and they came up with a really good idea, you'd assume it was wrong, right? It just means that like people don't put as much pressure on you to know things. When something comes up, like we need to figure out a solution. No one looks to you and goes, Ben, how do we solve this? Because well, that's a waste of time, clearly. But if out of nowhere, they're like trying to fix it and you're like, why don't you do this? Oh, that was really clever. Good for you. And people don't trust smart people because they must be up to something. Stupid people are actually more likely to be up to stuff because they're not smart enough to figure out another way without deception. And also they're not smart enough to have the right morals to do things right. Everyone likes everyone to be stupider than them. See, what if I did appear much smarter than I was? So much to the point that some scientists came over here and said, Ben, there's a meteor about to crash into the earth. You're our only hope. Oh. How terrified would you be? I know, because I know the truth. <laughs> Guys, you're wasting your time. Seriously, go. He's not Jeff Goldblum. He's not Bruce Willis. He's not Morgan Freeman. Just go. Do your microscopes or whatever. <laughs> and have to like, shut up, Garth. I'm just trying to Google and figure out what an asteroid is. <laughs> and he misspelled asteroid. <laughs> yeah, Google corrects me. It's fine. <laughs> Oh, that's really bad. We're in trouble. That's not what I thought it was at all. I thought this was like a little rock or a tennis ball. Asteroids, you mean like the game? All you have to do is shoot it and then shoot with your little triangle and then shoot all the tinier asteroids. Yeah, how many triangles have we got? <laughs> it's okay. We have another triangle, right? Yeah, you'd be like leaving going like, I'm just going to take care of all my stuff before the world ends. I'm going to go do all those things I got to do. Like, there's no coming back. <laughs> good things come to those who wait. Bullshit. I don't know. Maybe the good things are going to happen later so, so like, you're still waiting for them but it's the biggest cop out like oh no you didn't wait long enough but then the people who wait their whole life for stuff and it never comes they die and so there's no one to go no I waited my whole life and it never happened this is just counterproductive this is wrong there's no one to actually say that I've waited as long as I can possibly wait and it never happened because they're dead there's no one to defend that side yeah and waiting doesn't necessarily get you stuff you have to do stuff yeah waiting usually involves like going to the dentist that's not a good thing yeah what happened to this fortune favors the bold yeah you to be impatient. Which is a weird pattern that I'm noticing is a few of them contradict each other. And I love that people have that sort of stuff. Like, get in there, mate. Fortune favors the bold. So you go and do it and you fail. Oh, mate. Well, you know, good things come to those who wait. So it's like that girl with the treasure and no nipples. If I just like chill out and wait, will she come to my place with those things? Definitely yes. <laughs> as long as you wait long enough. Uh, I'll have to be waiting a while. I wonder if that's why people work in restaurants. Why are you a waiter? Because good things come. A poor workman blames his tools. Sorry, I think the microphone screwed up during that bit. Ben, <laughs> quit blaming it on... <laughs> but this is one of those things where, like, if you're actually a good workman, you know if a tool is at fault. Because if you ever tried to, like, fix stuff when you don't have the right tool to do it, you've only got a Phillips head that's too small to fit in the screw that you're using. So you're trying to use this tiny one, and you have to, like, jam it in, and the screw's getting unwound, like, getting broken up, and the Phillips head screwdriver's losing its track, and everything's just falling apart, and then you've got this destroyed bolt 
bolt stuck in it. And how is that your fault? And plus a lot of places that I've worked for have had dodgy tools. And that's like, of course it sucks. The tool sucks. Wasn't your fault at all. I don't know. I guess that means that I'm a dodgy worker or a poor workman. I am poor. Yeah. (laughs) And you are a working man. Yeah. It means that if you have a crappy job, you get crappy tools. I think it means if you have a crappy job, you're allowed to blame your tools. (laughs) A poor workman blames his tools. You get to blame your tools. You got to have some perk out of the job. I'm a poor guy. What do you want from me? A dog is a man's best friend. I mean, I guess... You can click on it. It has a picture of a dog. Hey, who saw that coming? <laughs> is that really a proverb? That's more just like people just refer to them as man's best friend. I mean, but that's I more... kind of thought it was a nickname for dogs. Yeah, it's a phrase according to this one. That's not a proverb. It's not I mean, wise. Dogs are the creatures that are just basically bred to be your friend. Yeah. Have you ever pretended to be excited in front of a dog and they just get excited with you? No idea why they're excited. They're just happy to be involved. <laughs> I'm part of the team. We're all excited. We're having a great time. Ah, we're just buddies hanging out having a little rouse yeah I had a dog as a kid and you very quickly realise that you can mess with your dog's emotions and make it do whatever you want you sound like a horrible person right now but yes that's (laughs) 100% true it's the weird things that you do you end up teasing and messing with your animals when you get a pet but then how does that make it man's best friend it's just the only animal that we can really push around and really upset it like and it'll Mm. still come back the next day and be your friend if it was a really good friend wouldn't it teach you a life lesson about why you shouldn't like if you pretend to throw a ball and the dog runs off and then it realizes the ball's in your hand that dog should bite you in the leg because <laughs> stop being a dick about it yeah that's what a good friend would do am I wrong wouldn't come back and just fall for it again have you ever seen the look on a dog when it comes back realizing that you didn't throw the ball that look of betrayal it has in its eyes like <laughs> dude I thought we were friends <laughs> I just thought the interesting thing about owning a dog is if you decided to own a dog you can look at it and go I'm probably gonna fight you at some stage not like in a serious manner just like in a playful way Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, eventually, like, the dog will bite you and you will, like, push it down and stuff like that. Mm, Like, you might have to smack it on the nose or something. It's like saying, at some point, I'm going to yell at you and you're going to feel really bad, but you're still going to want to be my friend. I need that in my life. I need things I can yell at that won't go away because of that. (laughs) I don't have that anywhere else. You do that at a cat, it will get you back. Oh, yeah, cats are vindictive and the whole grudge is for ages. Cat never forgets. The dog instantly forgives. That's what it should be. It's not a man's best friend. It's the only animal that instantly forgives gives us because they just want to hang out they're just having fun yeah dog is a chump <laughs> there is the feeling that dogs do try a little too hard though. this is where there's cat people and there's dog people and that's what always got me about cat people they go i can't respect a dog it just wants to be your friend what's wrong with someone just wanting to be friends why is that like i can't respect someone because they want to be nice to me without actually knowing the real me so you're saying that if the dog got to know you it would realize you're a prick that's your argument see i was probably more a dog person before and i I got a cat was probably still someone who's like oh, I wish we'd kind of got a dog but then I saw some of my friends who got dogs and I'm like no I'm not in for that because especially in that puppy stage when they're very bitey and they're jumping on everything and they're pointing to pieces of furniture that have like shreds ripped out of it going like oh yeah the dog just does that now cats can do that too but dogs have more energy to give <laughs> for things like that so like a dog will find a toilet roll and that is now confetti <laughs> it is in every single room of the house and the 
dog's just in the middle with a big smile on its face like, hey, guess what I did today? Whereas a cat will just sort of claw at one thing because it likes the way it feels on its claws. Yeah, they like the scratching. But personally, because I grew up on a farm with Border Collies, I think that having dogs in a house is kind of cruel. It shows something about people. Like, if you are a cat person, it means you like people who decide whether they like you on a day-to-day basis and that's the cat's prerogative to decide whether it likes you or not. Whereas a dog, it's like saying, I want someone who's always excited to see me that I can just leave for hours by itself and it probably gets really sad and lonely but the second I come home it's really excited to see me again it's like saying like I want a partner who does whatever I want and just waits for me and is really upset when I'm not around but I don't care about that see I like a cat because it's a part time pet I sometimes put out food for it and other than that I can just ignore that it even exists most of the time sometimes it will come sit beside me other times it will just go do its own thing when it wants to it will acknowledge you whereas a dog is something always in your face it's a pack animal it needs to be with its crew which Mm. is you so I think when people have dogs and they just leave in a house for eight hours at a time while they go to work that doesn't sound like a nice thing to do to a dog though I do hate when you're at a party and a dog comes up to you and you think oh that's a cool dog I wouldn't mind patting it but if you give it that one pat that dog is following you around the entire night and I don't want to deal with that and that's the thing like when you come over you see my cat and he comes up to you you give him a pat and then he fucks off for the rest of the night you don't see him if anything he's like oh hey bro you're in the house what's up alright pat alright later I'm gonna bounce do some cat stuff see what if I had a dog who was like during the podcast nuzzling up beside you Mm. because it thought you'd pat it and it keeps pouring at you so partway through Mm. the podcast you're reviewing Wikipedia and patting a dog oh god yeah it's just thumping its tail and like shoving its big head like Mm. underneath your armpit because that's like trying to get on your lap that's probably the only criticism I'd say about dogs they can be too much there's so much energy to give and it's just because they want to be your friend they're too clingy they're trying too hard If a person was trying that hard, you would not want to hang out with them. I'd feel bad. Like, I'd really feel bad because it's so genuine. They're just a nice person who wants to be involved. Hey, dude, what are we doing today? Well, I was going to go, oh, where are we going? No, no, <laughs> I'm going, oh, yeah, I'm with you. That's all right. It's okay. I'm not. I'm free. You imagine that if a person was a dog, you just wake up in the morning, they're knocking at your door and it's not like a couple of knocks. It's like knock, knock, knock and just kill you open the door. Just constantly knock, knock, knock. Dude, dude, dude. And then you open it and like, what are we doing? today come on and they just run straight into your house and like run around every room <laughs> run around you run back and forth and they, they, you take a step in a direction they just bolt past you like we're going this way okay <laughs> then you step in another direction they come back oh no we're not going that way we're going this way okay what are we doing what are we doing oh my god you got anything to eat man i'm starving all right here's some crappy food that i feed you every single time favorites <laughs> oh that's awesome i'll love you forever man this is great <laughs> i love what we're doing right now this is so cool we are so cool you're cool you know that <laughs> you know i got your back right <laughs> That's true, they do. It's a really nice thing that they do. The problem is, it's just constant. I like old dogs for that reason, because they've got the cat thing, but they also have the dog thing. Yeah, I've seen people who have adopted old dogs, and that does seem like a good idea, because they sleep a lot. Like, when I'm an old man and retired, I want to have, like, a bloodhound kind of thing that just sits on the porch with me. Like, I like that idea, because my mum did used to get old sheepdogs that did really well in the uh, sheepdog trials and stuff, and kind of went to our farm to retire. These are really intelligent dogs. Like, they actually know how to round up sheep without being told.
whole. Very intelligent. So when you got these old dogs, did the previous owners ever come out with their kids and say, look, we told them that we took them to a nice <laughs> farm that they could run around with plenty of space. They didn't believe us. They thought we killed the dog. Can we show them the dog, dog. on the farm? <laughs> it never <laughs> happened only because the only reason these dogs are good is because they were owned by these really old dudes who knew how to farm, like really old farmers. And they didn't have the time or space or they died. So we took the dog. So they didn't have kids. But yes, that did sort of occur to me a lot. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's fine. He's on this farm with all these other dogs to play with and all the sheep he can chase. Did you just sit there and think, are we that farm? Is that what we're doing? I thought we were selling chickens, but... Well, you know, it's not until you mention it now, but when people said we took our old dog out to the farm, I just assumed, well, yeah, that's what people do. Like, we've got a farm. We always get these old dogs. Why? What do people normally do when they say that? <laughs> oh, it's not pleasant. <laughs> but yeah, those dogs are great because they know what they're doing and they don't really want anything. They'll come up to you and they're like, hey, dude, what's happening? And you give them a pat and they're like, oh, that's cool, bro. What's going on? Ultimately, the more I think about pets, all I want is a pet that leaves me alone, which means why don't I just not have a pet? <laughs> that's the ultimate pet. Just get a goldfish. No, that's way too much effort. You gotta feed it, it's just gonna die. Oh, they die very quickly. And very easily. Yeah, just like anything. If you have a lamp on next to it too long, it'll just fry. Or you feed it too much. Or not enough. Or it's something with the air in the room. They they just die. And you gotta clean its tank. And cleaning a fish tank is annoying, because you gotta transfer the fish to another thing, clean the tank. Which is a lot of water that's heavy. Oh, that's annoying. Who wants a fish? One of my favorite Cyanide and Happiness cartoons. Dude, your fish wrote a message in the algae on the side of the tank. Really? What does it say? Clean the fucking tank. <laughs> <laughs> How about this? An apple a day keeps the doctor away. Ah, uh, the greatest marketing scam ever created by the Apple Corporation. See, I always thought it was an Apple Corporation thing. So now I think about it. Is there an Apple Corporation? There has to be, right? Some guy selling apples must have come up with this and it rhymes. So, you know, it must be true. I guess so. It has that rhyming thing. Most of these do rhyme. That's not how all. they stick around, which means that they were made in English. There was the Mars bar version of it. A Mars a day helps you work, rest, and play. Does it though? I don't think so. Eh, Mars bars are still good though. They are good, but they're very bad for you. So it's like every chocolate bar is bad for you. Exactly. It falls under those things that like you're not expecting it to be good for you. But then if they're stealing the Apple people's slogan, it's like they're trying to wedge in like, yeah, we're healthy too. No, you're not. You're Mars. But Milo used to do the same thing where it's like, we give you the energy to get through the day. And it's basically just thick chocolate powder. But it for some reason doesn't mix with milk <laughs> even though it's meant to Nutrigrain is like one of the most sugary cereals and that was sold like a health food oh Iron Man food if you're a triathlete you need Nutrigrain it's just sugar coated hardened pieces yeah back in the 90s health food was a very loose term <laughs> <laughs> and it is arguable because if you are exercising a lot, you can eat a lot of sugar. In fact, you need to so that you can have the energy to do stuff. But if you eat Nutri-Grain and watch like cartoons, yeah, that's not good for you. Yeah, well, that's how they got away with it because they always said it was full of energy. But then later now we figured out that energy means like calories, calories. and kilojoules. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> now if you look at the back of things, it actually calls it energy. So the more energy something has, that means it's just going to make you fat. Like I knew dudes who used to eat Mars bars and stuff all the time and they were fit as anything. Because they did actually like exercise. Work, rest, and play. Yeah. I don't know. How does a Mars bar help you rest? Have you ever eaten a Mars bar and be like, I'm going to sleep now? I feel like it give me a well, tummy not ache. sleep, rest. That's the key word. So you just sit there. You sit there and eat a Mars bar. While you watch your cartoons. And that's I will say most of the time, that's what I'm doing. I don't yeah. really do the work part or the play part. But I'm definitely but resting. it's helping me rest. Well, one third of the routine you got down is mm. just the other two you got to conquer. Hey, if I'm sitting here watching TV and I have like a bag of those fun size Mars bars. Oh yeah. I'm not going anywhere. That's I'm resting. Treat. That's 
That's right. I've got that part of my life sorted. If the shoe fits, wear it. Exclamation point. I've always wanted to go into a shoe store and try to enforce that. <laughs> Look, all these shoes fit me, so I'm just going to wear them. That's the dumbest thing ever. What if the shoe looks stupid? Have you ever tried on platforms? In its own Wikipedia page, if a description fits something, then it probably is that thing. Down here, if it yep. looks like a duck and it swims like a duck and quacks like a duck, then it's probably a duck. I never heard it with three descriptions of a duck. Because yeah, I've always had if it walks like a duck and it looks like a duck. I've always had if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, it's a bimbo. That's the one I knew. I mean, I will agree with this person by the description he's given me. It probably is a duck. Yeah. If it does all those things like a duck and if it quacks. I mean, though, you could say, oh, what noise does a swan make? It honks. Okay. So it doesn't quack like a duck, but it kind of looks like a duck and it does swim like a duck, but it doesn't quack like a duck. Yeah. I guess there is nothing that does those three things except for a duck. That's true. All right, fair enough. So if the shoe fits where it just means that if something looks like something, that's probably something. Is that a Cinderella reference or is that a coincidence? It feels like it is, doesn't it? Because I've always thought it is, but now I'm thinking I have no real reason to believe that other than a shoe fitting. It's just the only fairy tale we've heard with that. Yeah, and the shoe fit her, so she mm. wore it and became a princess. Apparently she had a very irregular sized foot. No other chick had the same kind of uh, shoe. It was not a size seven. Probably like a four and a half irregular, like double wide and that made me think like did she have really small feet and that's what the guy was into chicks with small feet and that's why no one else could fit into it because they all had bigger <laughs> feet and you're like well you got fat feet so i'm not attracted to you or did she have really humongous feet like he had a foot fetish that was like for like big ass fat gross like really wide feet and no other chick could fit in the shoes so he's like well that's it well the way how i've always thought of it is because it was a glass slipper it wouldn't mold like a regular shoe so it might have to be custom built to her foot so it kind of works like a fingerprint you reckon it has like individual toes in it like those weird socks possibly so it fits like a perfect fingerprint meanwhile how nerve-wracking would it be to have glass shoes on i know that's a terrifying thing and she tried running in them also it's a slipper have you ever tried on a slipper and been like oh that doesn't fit all slippers fit every Everyone. That's how they work. They slip on. And slippers are known for being nice and comfortable. Yeah, not with a heel. And not made of glass. No. Glass that's... sounds like the most uncomfortable thing to wear. Yeah, and it's probably going to cut the floor when you walk through it. If I gave you, like, glass shoes to wear, how unconfident are you walking around everywhere? I know. You can never jump. <laughs> oh, my God. Just give you glass shoes and play basketball against you and I'd win every time. <laughs> Although, you know, you get a little, like, nick under the bottom and suddenly you've got, like, a razor that you can use on people. <laughs> no, that's the dumbest idea ever. I don't want a shoe made out of glass. Even if it fits, I will not wear it. Debunked. Honesty is the best policy. Yeah, if you're stupid. Sorry, did I say that out loud? Lying's better, but only if you're good at it. If you're honest, you never have to remember anything. That's true. You can just go around being honest and then you don't have to worry about things. Although the truth is also hard to remember. But then you can just honestly say, I don't remember. But if you tell a lie, you have to remember that you told that person that lie. And then you have to remember to inform everyone else who's going to meet that person that this is the lie you told. Like the times when I come in your house, the first thing like, if Shannon asks, <laughs> I was with you and we did that. We did that. You helped me do that. Sure, man, whatever. Oh, yeah, I've been an alibi many a times. Yes. That weird call you get <laughs> from your friend. Weird thing. My girlfriend might call you. And when she does... <laughs> we were hanging out all night. You broke that. I don't know if I'm ready to commit to this. Dude, I need this. All right, whatever. <laughs> worst comes to worst, I just stop being your friend because she won't let you. You asked me to do a lot of weird shit, so that might be a plus. If you walked in one time and I had told you like, look, I've just broken this thing of Shannon's and she loves it totally. She is fucking going to kill me. I'll tell you what, I will give you a hundred dollars if you tell her that you did it. Done, yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't say this on the podcast. 
podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Because that's up to you to, like, allow me to keep coming over. Because we all know that, like, you know, the significant other could be, like, I don't like you hanging out with that guy. But do you know how many guys I hang out with that, like, generally people don't want me to hang out with? Because all I hang out with is bad influences. I'm one of them. If she's cool with me already hanging out with you, it's kind of broken. And if she goes, well, that's what I get for letting him have idiots for friends. <laughs> that's just part and parcel with what happens. Yeah, we're too far into the podcast now to stop. Exactly. How about for $50? <laughs> what is it? This is where I'm going to bargain with you. Because also, that would be good for me to know. Like, because you're like, dude, okay, quick, quick, quick. Why, Ben? What do you want? I'll give you $100. Look, you just got to do this right now. She's coming. She's just around the corner. If you don't say it now, it's going to be broken. Uh, 500? You son of a bitch. All right, let's go. (laughs) And I'm like, it's her grandmother's own. Okay. It's not my problem. Because also... I take the blame. If you don't pay me whatever I demand, I'm just going to go, not only did Ben break it, but he tried to weasel out of it and ask me. Now, Shannon, I told you that I broke it. I'm really sorry. I thought it was the right thing to do, but I just can't lie like that. I can't lie like Ben does. (laughs) So I can make it way worse for you. What if I paid you the money and you were willing to like take it, but then you found out it was worse than I have and she's just like, okay, so you spilt the ashes and tried to put them back in, but why did you urinate in the urn, Garth? Please just explain that to me and you look at me like why did you urinate <laughs> it's just my thing well when you gotta go you gotta go the best um oh i've forgotten the name of it uh it's an australian show that just started up about like a hitman kind of collector guy he has his mate this exact situation he goes mate i need you to come over to my house see my wife she found my porn i need you to tell her that it's yours are you serious mate why are you watching porn just do this for me i need you to do this he comes over the guy's got like a russian wife so she's a complete psycho and he's like uh so heard you got my porn can i please have it back why do you watch these things i just you know a bit of a bit of a laugh bit of fun guess and she pulls out and it's like a video of people peeing on each other (laughs) she's like why do you watch this sick stuff oh yeah it's just my thing <laughs> like you can see the you son of a bitch <laughs> so yeah honesty is not the best policy when it comes to porn well I think it is really just for I'm not smart enough to lie so I just stick to the truth because ultimately I'm not doing anything that bad though with porn it is easy to lie it's just clear history one button well that's not a lie if, um, that's not a lie that's just lack of information well that's a lie of omission that's true you must be tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth because that's all honesty is. But this is not a court of law. That You didn't put your hand on a Bible, and it probably wouldn't make a difference if you did. Oh, we got another one that agrees with haste makes waste. Slow and steady wins the race. Which, I've seen a lot of races. That's not how races are won. Fast no. and steady. Yeah, fast and steady. You got to keep your pace up. This is just rabbit in the hair. Tortoise in the hair. Yeah, rabbit versus the hair. That would probably be a more interesting race. Yeah, I, what's faster, a rabbit or a hare? I want to say the hare would be faster than the rabbit. But, but I, just by a hair. I feel in a straight race, the hare would win. But if it was like a obstacle course, the rabbit might take it. See, I have no idea what the difference is between a hare and a rabbit. I've shot a few of both. Rabbits are like smaller. They seem cuter, I guess. Mm-hmm. Hares are just kind of like the bogan versions of rabbits. But I reckon if we set up this race, like, okay, we've got a good hare, we've got a good rabbit, and off they go, cross country, I reckon a turtle would win. Yeah, because it'd be slow and steady. Mm. <clears throat> I mean, I've heard versions of that where there were multiple turtles and they just kept setting up at different parts. So the rabbit, no matter how fast he ran, the <laughs> turtle was 
said, but the tortoise cheated. So honesty is not the best policy when it comes to racing tortoises against hares, is what you're saying. I mean, I always thought, because didn't the hare race the tortoise and he was so far ahead that he thought he would take a nap near the finish line? And then when he woke up, he found that the tortoise had already won. Just don't take a nap when you're halfway through doing something. Don't quit while you're ahead. See, more I reckon the expression should be from that is you snooze, you lose. <laughs> That's the perfect expression. Yeah, that more relates to that story. Although no one ever talks about the sleeping powder he put in the rabbit's drink. But slow and steady does win the race if you're talking about sex. <laughs> Whereas haste does make waste. It Go does. too quick. <laughs> And there you are. So I suppose it depends on what you're doing. But then if you're slow and steady, you're not going to win the race because you're going to, she'll win. We can get your expert opinion on the next one. Oh, don't count your chickens before they hatch. Yeah, don't. Because they may not hatch or they could die or they could be like not. So you didn't look at all the eggs and go look at all the chickens we're going to have. This is amazing. Look, I'm counting a hundred eggs. There's going to be a hundred chickens. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Let's already spend the money. Yeah. <laughs> that's not how you do business? No, that's not how you do business. <laughs> you that would be putting all your eggs in one bastard. I mean, I've also wondered about the putting all your eggs in one basket. It's like, how many baskets do you want to carry eggs in? Because if you carry a whole bunch of different baskets, it's going to be awkward. And aren't you eventually going to drop at least some of them, if not all of them, because you're carrying all these weird baskets? Egg cartons should come in a thing that splits in two. So they're two separate items then. So then you don't have all your eggs in one carton. Because a carton is kind of like a basket. Essentially, it's a specially made egg basket. It's as good a basket as eggs can get. Absolutely. I agree with that. That's a good idea. See, I think if I got two separate baskets when I went to the shops just so I could put like half my eggs in one and half my eggs in the other the people would probably think I was stupid yeah and also I'm more likely to trip if I'm holding multiple baskets and smash them into things which will therefore break the eggs might even spill your milk when you're doing it because it's everywhere yeah I spilled my milk once I cried for ages you shouldn't do that we've been over this <laughs> I know that now well you stopped crying when that fat lady sang <laughs> fortunately you had your best friend that dog there and you did purchase an apple so at least kept the doctor away yeah it didn't have to go to the doctor after breaking your eggs because mm. honesty is the best policy. Shouldn't have done it at the shoe store though, even though you wore it. <laughs> and that's enough of that. <laughs> yeah, don't go back through the whole list. <laughs> We've made it this far. Yeah, don't count your chickens before they hatch. That's right. <laughs> so this is another one we can click on. Western Fable. Is a fable? Is it just about a woman carrying eggs? Because there's a picture here where... That doesn't look like... That looks like a fancy hat. She looks like she's got a clock on her head. Uh, is that just a weird hat? Milkmaid. Is that... What would a milkmaid be doing with eggs? Shouldn't she be the spilt milk one? Maybe that's the chick who cried. The milkmaid and her pail. I don't see egg anywhere. The milkmaid. This is just all about the milkmaid. What did she do? I guess she spilt milk. And eggs. Don't <laughs> let her carry anything. Yeah, she is not right for the situation. Practice makes perfect. I don't agree because nothing's ever perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I think that this probably is one of the most common sense ones of like, if you want to get good at something, practice it. It's like, well, no shit. That's what practice is by definition. Pra like you don't need a saying for this. There's already a definition of practice. Well, why do we practice? Practice is, makes you better. But it shouldn't be perfect. It has alliteration. That's why they do it. But practice makes you better. How about that? It doesn't have the same ring, I know. <laughs> or maybe it's because they're promising something they cannot deliver. You'll be perfect. But don't you have to practice a whole bunch? You'll never be perfect. Nothing's ever perfect. Except me. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> 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 but I don't know, maybe if they keep working on this expression, it will get better. Yeah, if they keep working away at it, eventually it will perfect. Fair enough. App. Better the devil you know than the devil you don't know. That's more to do with human behavior than truth. The devil you know is not necessarily better. It's just you're more comfortable with him. Would you rather have the job you have now or a job that's exactly the same but somewhere else? Then what's the difference? Why does it matter? Well, now you've got to go somewhere else and meet new people. Yeah, no, that sucks. You don't want that. Yeah, it's better to stick with the one that you know. It's better to stick with people you know. The awkwardness, I don't like meeting new people. So that works out for me. And, and plus, being the new guy sucks. Oh, yeah. You don't Who want likes that. going through training? 
training mm. and that probation period. Everyone pretending that they're not a complete asshole to begin with. Yeah. Which only lasts like a month until it all comes out. Then they get mad at you because they can't hold off how much of an asshole they are at you. Like it's your fault. Yeah, I've had that before. I've worked with somebody who I've liked for the first like two weeks and then I've realized they're a jerk. <laughs> and how it comes out little by little because they're on their best behavior when they meet you. So you're like, oh, he's really nice. Oh, that was, that was a weird thing to say. I guess, all right, just having a bad day. Oh, he's done another thing. This, this is quite consistent. Oh, huh, I think I hate this guy. <laughs> it's true. But then you get used to, like, you can tolerate the people who you don't like, who you already have to put up with. Well, having already... to put up with new people who you don't know. That's more just being beaten down by life. Like, it's not that you like it. It's not better. It's just that you've already given up. If there's someone you don't know, there's still hope that you could, like, outwit them or they won't be a prick to you. But the people you do know, they are kind of pricks. And that's just the way it is. We well, I think we've basically eaten through the entire podcast on the examples on this page and nothing else. we got to start finding smaller pages. Because it's like 90% of this page we didn't even cover. There's pictures. There's heaps of other proverbs. There's like different ones from different countries and stuff. There's even like the different see also with like wives tales and stuff. There's heaps. So what did you think of this page or what we did of it? Well, it was fun, wasn't it? I actually learned some things I didn't know, which is always fun. It was a little bit of knowledge, so it was dangerous. And I don't want to beat a dead horse, which we didn't get to, but I just saw it then when he scrolled. <laughs> oh, I'd have to give this a glass slipper out of a possible spilt milk because I expected to cry. I thought this was going to be a bit harsh. It's going to be a bit like, oh, this is all get your life to get the gar. But really, it was like a glass slipper. Kind of dangerous, but strangely alluring. <laughs> I, I had fun with this. This was good. We learned stuff. We debunked stuff we've always had to live with. And we got to talk about dogs and uh, farm stuff, which, you know, I'm always down for. <laughs> what did you think, Ben? I really enjoyed this page. It was fun just going through the list of these things. And I do like old expressions and pulling them apart. So that was that was always fun. Alright, so we went through 24 of these different ones. So I'll give my rating out of 24. And I would probably give this... I don't know, I'll give it a 16. Ooh! I always give a high rating, though, because I, I like the pages. It was a nice page. We uh, rarely do pages that we don't like. Yeah, why would we do them? Occasionally, we've done one or two, which I can't remember off the top of my head, but I know we do some, like, we got to bite the bullet. we got to do them all eventually. Let's get into it. <laughs> well, that's the thing, is when we do the pages that we don't like, we're often surprised by the fact that we don't like them, because we're like, this is going to be a cool topic. This sucks. Why is this sucking? Ah, uh, this is hard work now. Did someone put any effort into thinking of this? It usually happens because we think of a thing and go, that'll be a good page. But then we get on the page and we're like, why are we doing this? Did we even look at the page? <laughs> but this is a fun page with just the stuff. And yeah, we could do like a part two, three, and four and still probably not get through the page. I we know. probably still get stuck on the examples again. Because <laughs> there's even, yeah, the list of proverbial phrases here. Which I'm guessing- We could do that as epically. another one. Oh, that is huge. Oh, that's huge. Yeah, we would never get through that. Yeah. So we'll do the A's of that page at one stage. <laughs> and we'll come Just back- the A's. Just That's as far as we'll get. <laughs> and I do like with this episode that it's made the show notes like super easy because I can just put the proverbs out. They're all right here right now. Oh yeah, work's done for me. Copy paste. Yeah, done. that's made it really easy. You don't have to make up anything weird and funny. <laughs> I have done that with a few episodes. I know I did that with, what was the eponymous laws? Yes. The pseudosciences ones. When there's a list, it kind of makes everything a little easier. Yeah, it does. We should do more lists. All right, I'll keep that in mind. We might have to do another list of. Well, apart from that, I guess just want to plug humidor.com.au, the YouTube page. Find us on Facebook, like us. Yeah, the Facebook page, rate the podcast, rate us on anything you can see. Yeah, five stars, please. Yeah, and leave a comment and let us know what you think of the show. Always do. We'll always get back 
back to you. Yeah, yeah. If you get in contact with the show, you're pretty high chances we'll get back to you. Yeah, we may never leave you alone. Yeah. Hey, dude, what did you think of the last one? Yeah. Hey, you're a new friend. <laughs> we'll be like the dogs of podcasting. That's right. Unless you want us to be like cats, just put that in the message. Go, I'm messaging you. Please be like a cat and we'll snub you for a little while and then tell you your food tastes like crap and then throw up behind your fridge. All right. Well, other than that, I've been Ben Graw. I've been Garth Remington. And we'll catch you on the next Wiki Review. Find Humidor on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and at humidor.com.au. Theme is I Live for the Bass Drum by DJ Searle. All other music by Matt Graw.